Welcome to episode 15 of the Life and Times of the Osborne Man. I am your host, Holly Hazard. It's spring 1921, and John is burdened with lagging sales, extreme sadness, if not depression, and frustration with his inability to both care for his farm and do his job. So he must pick. This episode features a series of letters as he grapples with his choices. They are edited for clarity. And now, John Briggs. Cottage Hotel, Sylvester McHale, Proprietor, Steam Heat, Dolgaville, New York, January 25th, 1921, 8 p.m. My darling, have just had supper and will drop a word to you and go to bed for our rest from my cares. Have had a bad day and am skunked. Must be careful not to tell any tale of woe. I called on First National Bank, where I had an order last year for nearly $800. New assistant cashier, and he wants to look at all the lines, take numbers, prices, etc. He is a nice young fellow, but just out of college and has not much experience. I could not get him to come to any decision. I also called on the observer, but did not have anything Mr. Bailey liked well enough to buy. After dinner, I called on Mr. Wind over at Whitesboro Baker, and in spite of all I could do, I could not get him to buy. Don't know why, but I couldn't. Have sold him nearly every year. Guess I've lost my step. I am sending a little clipping out of tonight's Syracuse Journal, which might help me. I have been cold all day. It really seems as though I have felt the cold more in my heavy coat than I did those cold days last week in my light coat. One thing, it fits tighter. I hope to do some business tomorrow, and whatever the result, I'll try to keep going. One thing I am sure worries me, and that's my finances. I am fully convinced that as long as we don't want to make the farm our home and business, we ought to sell it. I am sure of that. It surely does worry me, and I can't help it. Can't see any possible chance of anywhere near breaking even this coming year. I wish I could get along without even bothering you, or saying anything about money matters to you. I am very thankful that I have no car to bother with. That's a relief from yesterday. Hope to get to Gloversville tomorrow night. Your loving Jack. Cottage Hotel, Sylvester McHale, Proprietor, Steam Heat, Dolgaville, New York, January 26, 1921, 10.30 p.m. My darling, when I finished writing you last night, I was anxious to go to bed. It was awful cold, and I was tired and weary in my mind. But after making out my skunk report, was sore and so went out and sold two orders for $19.14 and $60. It was 11 o'clock when I got to bed, and the bed felt good. Had a funny dream. One of my two-year-old heifers got out of the pasture, and I had a long chase after her. She jumped clear over the fence, and I wasn't after her. When I awakened, my heart was just a thumping, as though I'd run a mile. 
I have six orders here today as follows. and $20. I will get out of here sometime in the forenoon tomorrow for the Little Falls, and then on towards Gloversville. Am tired again tonight and want to get to bed and get a good sleep. Love for each, Jack. Windsor Hotel, Ratchko and Epich Proprietors, Gloversville, New York, February 3rd, 1921. My darling, when I reached this town tonight, I found a letter from you, but it was the one you wrote last week. I was glad to get it just the same. I have found Elizabeth's letter to Marion. I have been writing a long time and am tired and it's past my bedtime. I am sending a letter from Mr. Hastings. I wrote to him two days ago and have answered tonight the letter I'm sending you. I know that if I go ahead with sale at Earlville, there'll be a lot of details that I have to look after and it will require quite a lot of time for me. Hastings is slow and will leave a lot of things undone, and it will drag out, same as our other proposed sale. I don't know what is best to do. You and Clayton and Ed Billings all seem to favor Syracuse. He figures out $600, but I know that there would be a good deal of extra expense not figured in those items. I think the commission is 10% at Liverpool. You see, if my stock at Earlville should bring $6,000, his items of expense would figure just 10%, and that would not cover the entire cost by any means. I know that my sale is not sufficient quality to draw buyers from any distance, and home buyers are stingy. I must get to bed. I'll be thankful when this whole thing is wrapped up. Do you really want to sell some household stuff? I have two orders today, one for $88 and the other for $537. The latter is from Mr. King on monthly service. Your loving Jack. The Osborne Hotel, Incorporated, Auburn, New York. Lynn G. Swift, Manager. February 9th, 1921. My darling, I thought I needed a change tonight and so went to a moving picture, but I didn't stay long. My mind has been at home today, and I have been thinking about the farm deal. Don't suppose I have any cause for worry, but will be glad when the first of March comes. In case Mr. Crumb comes to see me again about backing out, you had better let me know or at least consult with Clay. I hope he will come across all right. I have a hard time to keep my mind on my business. I am absolutely certain that it's not good for me to have the farm to look after and try to work on the road. It has never worried me until recently. You and Clayton will have to see about getting out the auction bills and arrange to get them put up. Clayton told me he would do whatever I asked him to. 
go ahead and manage things as you think best. I am sure that I'll not be home until a week from Sunday. I got skunked in Casanova today. Got here at 2.30. Have one order for 100 calendars from Robinson's for $260 when fishermen come home in the new treatment. We'll spend most of tomorrow here. Have not seen Columbian Rope Company yet. We'll call it a day. I want to thank you for getting my breakfast this morning. You are a dear girl. Hope you all will have a fine time tomorrow night. We'll be thinking of you. Get that application blank off and urge Mr. Houghton to get paper out as soon as possible and get the facts to Ms. Trio Friday so that she can get out the pedigree. Your loving John. The Kirkwood, Geneva, New York, GM Stillwell Manager. February 11th, 1921. 18 days until the sale. My darling, when I looked out of my room this morning, there was some snow. How was it at home? It has been at it most all day, and I should say there's about a foot. I worked here until 10.30 this morning without an order. At 10.30, I took a bus for Rushville. We were supposed to get there at 11.45, but it was about 1.30. The snow made it hard going for Mr. Ford, and at one point, five of us got out and pushed, which helped quite a bit. I got an order from the bank in this little town for $288 and then had a good visit with Mr. and Mrs. Fitch in their fine home. He had a hard cold, so was keeping inside for the day. He gave me an order for Dear Old Homeland for $130.25. They are fine folks, and I guess this is as old as the Coco story. He tells me that we made a serious mistake in not having a good stiff forfeiture in our contract. He says that if my party doesn't show up March 1st with the coin and take the farm, the only thing we can do is to sue him and leave it to the jury to decide what the damage is. And it would be hard to get a very big damage sum on the deal. I'm half inclined to think that's the fact. I shall be uneasy to know how things are coming on. He said he wanted to draw up some wood. If he intends to take the farm, he'll be at that now with the good sleighing. I expected to stay in Rushville overnight, but I got a chance to ride with a bread car to Canandaigua and caught the train back here where I found your love letter. That was rich on the trip to Syracuse. You'll have to look for a house. And where, I don't know. We'll go to Penyan in the morning and may not get out of there until Monday. But follow list as I'm sending it unless I tell you different. Don't lose this list. Must get to bed. It's too bad not to see Rob's folks. But I don't want to visit this trip. Hope you'll have a good day Sunday. I'll be lonesome. Your affectionate, Jack. The Osborne Company, New York, Chicago, London, Osborne Art Calendars, February 13th, 1921. My darling Sue, it is not quite dinner time, 
so while waiting, I'll at least start a letter to my darling wife. Were you here today, we would have a good visit. And if I were at home, we would all have a good visit. It seems best to stay out over this Sunday. So I'm happy just the same, for I know a little sweetheart of mine for these 25 years is thinking of me and loving me this beautiful day. You may think it's strange I didn't go back to Geneva for the day. But at this time of the year, I either want to be at home or by myself, where I'm free to do as I want to, and don't have to visit. And then, I took an order last evening. Our sales for the week were $1,403, which keeps us on the old roller for one more week. Many of the men will begin to fall off the roller and I want to stay on just as long as possible, just for the fun of it, and for the good it will do for the china set. Guess this is the first time I've been foolish enough to ever mention this prize. If we don't try, we certainly can't win. When I reached this place yesterday, learned that Mr. Boardwell, the leading druggist of the town, and about the most loyal customer I have on my whole list, has been very ill since last spring, and there is no hope for his recovery. He has a cancer of the rectum and other troubles. I went up to a florist, an old customer, last night and ordered some carnations to be sent over to Mr. Boardwell. I was late in getting into town yesterday, so we'll have to spend all day tomorrow here and hope to get some business. I consider this the finest town of its size in New York State. Would be happy to live here if I had a good business. I have a very pleasant large room here, and I'm going to spend whole afternoon reading and writing in my room. I attended a union service at the Baptist Church tonight. We had a good sermon. If you do his will, ye shall know these things a sermon to strengthen your faith in the fundamental things of religion. I'll write to Elizabeth this morning, and may write to Marion this afternoon. I wish I could have been at home yesterday to help Frank draw the wood. I would have liked nothing better. Hate to see Dick and Dan sold, and hope they will go to some man who will be as kind to them as Lee has always been. Twenty years ago would have been a fine time for us to have started farming. Let's try to feel that we are doing the best for all concerned in selling the farm. In talking with a real estate dealer here last night, he tells me that there is no point in having a forfeiture. In case your man wants to back out of the deal, you would have to prove damages equal to the forfeiture. And in case of a small forfeiture, it would not amount to anything. So there you have it again. Almost every auction bill I see out here announces the time at 10 o'clock and lunch at noon. I think you'd better have Clayton mention the fact that we will serve lunch at noon. We want the men there in the forenoon, sure. And a lunch will help to get them there before noon. I don't believe there's a doubt but that we will have to vacate the house in summer. And so I wouldn't advise selling too much furniture to replace it at high prices, yet I'm willing to abide entirely by your judgment. 
We have a two-year-old heifer at farm due to freshen very soon, and I wish you would have Frank take a registration blank and draw off the markings, and then you can fill it out and send in the paper for registration. Have forgotten heifer's name, but she was born September 1918, and I think Soho Hari Pontrao appears to be her name. If the calf is a bull, have Lewis sell it or kill it. Keep me posted on things as you can. Please tell Ed Billings that in case I'm not home for the meeting, that I would not accept the office again. Wish you would, as over the phone, to have Mr. Williams make a report as treasurer so that we may know where we are financially. As for Mr. Billings, if he knows what price Mr. Crouch would be willing to pay for property. It's dinner time. Will I get my usual valentine? Your loving Jack. Hotel Crittenden. R.J. Walsh, Proprietor. Cowdersport, Pennsylvania. Tuesday, February 15th, 1921, 11 p.m. My darling Sue, I reached Wellsboro, Pennsylvania at 11.45 this morning and went directly to Tioga County Trust Company Bank to see my friend, Mr. Bennett, the president, to get his order. He would not buy early this year, and I may lose his order. He is a man who is so much alive on the Holsteins, and he always wants to talk cow. He has a fine farm, about a hundred herd of stock, an accredited herd, and is very enthusiastic. Whenever I see him, I think it's great. He was just showing me some photos of his beautiful stock when his man came into the bank and said that he thought they were in for bad luck on one of their best ones, a three-year-old whose picture Bennett had just shown me. He said she had fallen down twice and had evidently caused death of her calf. Bennett swore and cussed at the luck, so not everything runs as smooth as you might think. They were going to put the cow on semi-official yearly rest. If Lloyd had been willing to stay and buckle in and do some testing, we might have had a good time with our farm. It doesn't do any good to talk about what a fine bunch of young things we have now. It's too late. There are so many inquirers, we might have disposed of them at home to get good advantage. But it is all right anyhow. Hope pedigrees are okay. I am very anxious about that Borden calf. Better get pedigree right off to Mr. Hastings. Eggs have taken an awful drop. I am not sorry we have sold the farm, and Hope Crumb is going to take the farm on time. Glad you are at home, and it's quite probable that I'll not get home until Sunday. I can't say for sure. I got an order for First National of Wellsboro today for business calendars for 288, but cuts are to follow, so I don't suppose the order will count for marathon. I can't write so you can read it, so we'll close. Love for all, John. Central Hotel, O.M. Sloat, Proprietor, Worcester, New York. 
American and European plan rooms with private bath. Tourist headquarters. Garage connected. February 23, 1921. My darling, I was glad to get here tonight to get your letter. You are very kind to write me. Glad you are feeling some better and hope you may continue to feel better yet. Don't neglect to have those bad teeth taken out of your head. This has been a very peculiar day. At times, the sun has been very bright, and then, in a few minutes, we would be having a real heavy snowstorm. I'm meeting my Waterloo this week. Spent all day in Cobbleskill, and I worked hard till train time, and didn't get a single dollar worth of business. Last year, we had about $300. Will not write about the day. Worked practically every business concern in the town. I did not see anything of the Markin family. I wrote the county clerk's office last night about the search for the farm. It's almost March 1st, and we must have the search for that day. Why do you suppose is the delay? They promised to have it for us last week. I shall be mighty glad when March 1st is over, providing everything is okay. I'll be glad when March 5th is over, and again March 20th to 24th, when John is auctioning off his stock. I expect everything is going to work out okay. I have thought some of asking Burt Collins to go to Syracuse to help with the stock. He has experience in the ferreting of stock and in sale. I hope Elizabeth can come home a week from Friday. I have been out all over town tonight trying to save a skunk, but haven't succeeded. Nothing new to write. Wish I were at home with you this week. Lots of love from your affectionate Jack. New Yates Hotel, Utica, New York. The Hotel of Personal Service. March 8th. 1921, one week after completion of the sale of the farm. My darling, have had a real tired feeling all day. I spent the afternoon in a small town, but without results. Have no news to write. We'll spend at least part of tomorrow in Utica, and then on towards yet another at night. Guess I am suffering from the reaction of selling the farm and the auction. After sale in Syracuse, we'll not have so much outside to think about, and we will know just about where we are at. I am deeply thankful that things have moved along so smoothly so far. We have very much to be thankful for. We'll try to drop J.P. Seeley a word tonight. This break in our business has completely interrupted me in my work, and it's hard to find myself. I am anxious to have car fixed and have the generator fixed. Wish the car were at Norwich and have Mr. Brennan to look after it. Must quit and get ready for bed. Your loving Jack. John has now sold his beloved farm. He worried about selling his horses, Dick and Dan, and hoped they'd go to a good man. 
They seem to be considering moving to Syracuse now that the Earlville farm has gone. They won't. By 1922, they've bought the house at 27 North Main Street, where I, 40 years later, spent the summers of my youth. I know John loved his farm and has never seemed that crazy about his job, so this must be heart-wrenching for him. Next week, we'll hear how other family members feel about the sale. If you're enjoying this podcast, could you please help us by rating the podcast and leaving a review? This week, the voice of John was played by Mike Sternad. This podcast is produced by Holly Hazard. Music is provided by Escalante Music from Pond 5. Thank you for listening. <laughs>